On Thursday night, we saw an Israeli barrage light up the night sky over Gaza. Bright orange flares, missiles flying in, explosions all over the place. It truly looked like the end of yes. the world. Oh my God. Wow, look at this tank. There. And there's a jet coming in as well. Even CNN's Nick Robertson and his crew were taken aback from their vantage point in Starot. But remember, below those scarred skies, on the ground in Gaza, is death and destruction. Civilians continued to be killed at an alarming rate. And to that end, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken flew back to Israel on Friday. We've been clear that as Israel conducts his campaign to defeat Hamas, how it does so matters. And he said he pushed Israeli leaders to better protect civilians in Gaza and the West Bank, and he brought up this idea of humanitarian pauses. Now, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu came out later and said the government will not do a ceasefire until all the hostages are freed. But there was another closely watched speech on Friday in Lebanon from the military leader of Hezbollah. He also referenced the two U.S. carrier groups that are currently in the Eastern Mediterranean. He said, they don't scare us. They never scared us. Today, what he said and what it means for the prospect of a wider war in the region. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rind. CNN's senior international correspondent Ben Wiedemann was in Beirut Friday afternoon for this big speech by the leader of Hezbollah. I caught up with Ben right after. Ben, who is Hassan Nasrallah? Uh, He is the current secretary general of Hezbollah, the so-called Party of God, which is a Shia political party and military organization that's been around in Lebanon since the early 1980s. Nasrallah became secretary general of of Hezbollah in 1992 at the age of uh, 32, and he's led it ever since. He's I've, I've interviewed, if I met him, he's, he's a very intelligent, well-spoken man uh, who has led the organization since then, and he's really developed it from a fairly small but very effective guerrilla group that uh, was able to drive the Israelis out of South Lebanon in 2000 to a political party as well that currently has 13 members in parliament. Uh, so he's a, he's a formidable character, and even... The Israelis over the years have gained a certain amount of respect because he is a formidable opponent. He's a rational player. He, he d- takes very calculated moves. And, uh, I mean, we're seeing it uh, now as well. So what did we hear from him earlier today? Basically, okay, this was a significant speech. lasted for an hour and a half, um, much anticipated. Basically, he said that all possibilities are open when it comes to the situation between Hezbollah and Israel and as Israel pursues its war in Gaza. He made it clear that Hezbollah, Iran, the other so-called members of the axis of resistance were completely unaware of the planning or the intention of Hamas to launch its its attacks on the 7th of October. But having said that, he also said they completely support uh, Hamas's attacks and operations. 
he did describe the attacks and the, and, the, and the fighting that followed as an earthquake for Israel, a diplomatic, political, military, psychological earthquake because Israel suddenly you know, is struggling now. It's been uh, almost four weeks since this began and Israel is still really just been able to take control of some land in Gaza itself. He also uh, held the United States responsible for Israel's campaign in Gaza because of the U.S.'s diplomatic and political and military support for Israel. And he also referenced the two U.S. carrier groups that are currently in the Eastern Mediterranean. He said, they don't scare us. They never scared us. More with Ben Wiedemann after the break. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Back now to Tug of War and my conversation with CNN's Ben Wiedemann about Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah. I guess a lot of people were wondering if he was going to come out and say, hey, we're going to step up our operations at the northern border with Israel and really ratchet up these fears of a wider war. Is that, Did we get the sense that that is something he's talking about? No, I think he held out the possibility that if there is an escalation that on the Israeli part, Hezbollah will respond. Uh, but I don't think anybody really read into it that this, this is the beginning of an intensification of the situation on the border. I mean, for instance, I spoke with uh, one Hezbollah supporter who said that the message was Hezbollah and the other members of the so-called axis of resistance are ready for war if Israel wants it. And I think we've seen a lot Mm. of sort of conditional threats from Hezbollah, from Iran, and from others that they could, they might do something but perhaps not quite yet ready to cross the line and go into full-scale military confrontation with Israel. But what would push them over that line? Like, what would Israel have to do that it isn't already doing in Gaza to inflame this a step further? Well, I think that this is the question we're all asking. Everybody in Lebanon is asking is what exactly would be the tipping point? Uh, We see that, for instance, the death toll in Gaza is growing, but that doesn't seem to have caused anybody to actually reach the tipping point. Now, yesterday, we did see an intensification of the cross-border firing uh, between Israel and Hezbollah. Hezbollah claimed to have struck 19 individual Israeli positions. We've never seen that number of Mm -hmm. strikes by Hezbollah until now. Uh, But I think at this point, 
we can expect the the situation on the border between Lebanon and Israel to continue to be fairly noisy. Uh, but uh, there's no indication yet uh, that it's going to become worse. But obviously, you know, as the ground incursion by Israel in Gaza intensifies, and you know, until now they haven't really reached the real populated, crowded areas yet. And I think when that happens, and if the death toll really skyrockets, I think then the situation mm. could change. Before the speech began, I rather when it began at 3 p.m. local time Friday, there was a huge amount of celebratory gunfire. Our bureau is very close to a, a, a predominantly Shia neighborhood. And I would have anticipated that at the end of the speech, you'd have even more gunfire. Right. But when it was over, it was fairly muted, which makes me think that perhaps there was a certain amount of disappointment among those who have the weapons to fire off uh, that he didn't mm. really come out and say anything more concrete. Now, you have to remember back in 2006, July 2006, uh, the beginning of the war between Hezbollah and Israel, Nasrallah made a speech on a telephone that was broadcast, for instance, on El Manar, which is Hezbollah's TV station here, in which he told people to look to the sea. And when people looked out their windows and looked to the sea, they saw that an Israeli warship off the coast of Beirut had been hit. Wow. And, you know, for, for people in Lebanon and throughout the Arab world, I was in Gaza at the time, this was unprecedented in terms of just an Arab leader taking this kind of dramatic action and so precisely timed that there are some people who are always thinking, is he going to make another one of those speeches? Uh, but this was not it. Hmm. Well, Ben, thanks very much for the context. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Anna Sterla and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas, Dan DeZula is our technical director, and Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks to Caroline Patterson, Sara Sergani, and Alessandro Gentile. We'll be back on Monday with another update. In the meantime, you can check out CNN.com or the CNN app for the very latest. I'll talk to you later. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts.